am all too aware that there are things that only preachery, ministry type of people care about or think are funny or that they read. Every vocation has this really. There are certain studies that only a doctor will read. There are certain trends that only a realtor is going to pay attention to. There are certain stories and cases and practices that only are going to pertain to maybe a lawyer or a marketer or an educator or a restaurant. So I get that some of the things I pay attention to are maybe not as interesting to other people. For instance, how many of you really care about the nuances between a Greek and a Latin word and how it could possibly change the meaning of an entire sentence in the New Testament. Who cares? Thank you, you are now a Sunday school teacher and should go to Sunday school, should go to seminary, totally. How many, thank you, thank you. <clears throat> You've been to seminary, so thank you. How many of you pay attention to the Dead Sea Scrolls and how it impacted the way we read and interpret the Old Testament. Anybody? Great, you are now a small group leader and you should be a preacher too. <laughs> how many of you read the most interesting story just about two weeks ago, there is a new discovery. It may or may not be true, but some people think that we have found the city of Sodom and Gomorrah based upon an archeological dig that came up with little bitty pieces of pottery that looked like they were burned. And so now a group of people said they found the wonderful city that was burned by the pillar of fire. But the problem is they went to the wrong school. And so the people who went to the right school have said, oh, y'all don't know anything, you went to the wrong school. And the people who went to the wrong school say, well, you don't know anything because you went to the wrong school. And so now there's this incredibly interesting debate. I get it. No one really cares. I know this because all of the random things I read about and think that are interesting, I try them out at the dinner table. I'm like, hey, guys, let me tell you what I learned. And I met with my husband, the other preacher, going, oh, that is fascinating. <laughs> and then I met with my children going, oh, no one cares but you, mom. <laughs> I try out some of this information on you all at Chapel Roswell, and I met sometimes with that same look that they've given me. No one cares but you. So I get it. Indulge me today because there are things that are happening in the life of our church that at face value may not feel important. However, they are worth noting. And besides what I wanna talk about, it actually goes back into our theme. It's a throwback summer. And so, yeah, I want you to be a part of throwback. We're going to throw it back. And so any Sunday that you feel like you want to dress in your favorite decades, I totally think that you should. I won't even tell you which decade to pick. But today, I'm going to throw it back to the 80s. Yeah, way back to the 80s. 
I'm going to throw it back to 1784. In 1784, the Methodist Church became an official denomination at what we call the Christmas Conference. Years and years before that, though, the founder, John Wesley, he would gather the people known as Methodist. He would gather the leaders of that movement, and he would meet with them every single year. And every single year when he would gather the leaders of this movement, you know what they would do together? They would worship together. And they would, John Wesley would, tell everybody the rules. And then they would all say, thank you, yes, sir. And you know what else John Wesley did? He would preach to them. And he would go a step further and he would say, here are a collection of my sermons. I want you to take my sermons and take them to the American people and read them exactly as is. And so you are welcome for not doing that. Because they're not all as interesting as you may think. Not even to me. There are a few good one-liners. There are some great summaries. But that's what he wanted. But something changed in 1784 in Maryland, in a Christmas conference, we ordained the very first person and it changed history. And that's when we became the denomination known as Methodist. And we have been Methodist ever since. And yes, there have been multiple divisions There have been changes. There have been splits. At one point in time, you even saw on some of the Methodist churches the word north or the word south. And then in the 1960s, the Methodist decided to merge with the Evangelical United Brethren. And that's when we became the United Methodist. And we've been united ever since. And do you know what we have done ever since 1784? We have conferenced. We have two different words for that, or two different meanings for the word conference. A conference means a geographical area of churches. So we, Chapel Roswell, are a part of the larger conference known as the North Georgia Conference of the United Methodist Church. And there's how it's divided. There's a South Conference and a North Conference. The other definition for conference is meeting. It's a gathering. And so every year since 1784, people in a conference get together and conference. And we just had the annual conference of the North Georgia United Methodist Church Thursday through yesterday. And do you know what we did during that meeting? We worshiped. And we spent time together. And we heard sermons. And we took votes. And then we did some reporting. And then we ate. And then there was some more reporting. And then there was some more reporting. And then even more reporting. 
And then we sang some songs and reported some more. I know this because I was there. Arturo was there. Sarah Beth was there. We represented you along with the other clergy and Ernie and Linda Bond. We were there together at a conference that extended from 1784. And you know one of the things that we did? We voted on clergy. You were a part of yesterday's commissioning and ordination without even knowing it. You may remember the name Justin Combs. We have a picture of him. Justin Combs was a member or is still technically part of the membership of Chapel Roswell. This is what he claims is his church home. And he says that it's what he experienced in the people in the pews right here in Chapel Roswell that led him to go to seminary, finish seminary, and answer the call from God to vocational ministry. And yesterday, yesterday, the bishop laid hands on him and commissioned him from the work of full-time ministry. And it's because you poured into him, giving him the confidence to do so. So nicely done, church. This is the first step that Justin has to full ordination and full membership of the North Georgia Conference. And it started here. And we voted on it. His commissioning is an exact extension of the first ordination thrown back to 1784. And we voted a happy yes. And we vote clergy in. We also vote clergy out. There are a very good and happy, very happy group of retirees to be voted out two days ago, and they're retiring from the United Methodist Church. And yes, there were a handful of people who, by their choice, asked for us to vote them out of the United Methodist Church for different reasons. And there were also a group of churches by their choice that asked to be voted out of the denomination. And I have to tell you, it was a sad moment to see the list of the men and the about 50 churches that asked for a vote on their disaffiliation. It was sad. There was a pause there was a heaviness in the room. But we voted to approve it out of respect for differences. It was a very poignant moment to vote on people and congregations leaving out of respect for their choice. And it was somewhat beautiful because all of us preachery types, ministerial types in the room that care about random, small details, we all knew the scripture that was waiting for us today. Today is the Sunday where we celebrate the beginning of how to be a church. And so we read that story together now. It comes 
in the book of Acts. And it's actually 21 chapters. I'm going to read the first 15 to you. So if you want to read more than I share with you, you should go home and you can Google it. You, or Days of Pentecost. You can look on your Bible app or you can pull out the good hardcover or paperback of your Bible and read the whole story. I'm going to read the first 15 verses. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven, there came a sound like a rush of a violent wind and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them and a tongue rested on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them the ability. Now, there were devout Jews from every people under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthenians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phagria and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes. Cretans and Arabs in our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others sneered and said, oh, they're filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them, fellow Jews and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine o'clock in the morning. Now let's talk about a crazy story, please. If there was social media at the beginning of this church, this story would be the video, the post, the reel, the story, whatever, 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 everywhere within a second. Because let's talk about how crazy and weird. You have a bunch of people all gathered in one place and out of nowhere there's wind and rush of winds and fire and violent fire to the point where everybody thinks they're drunk. This is a really weird story. Another weird story I read on Tuesday, Wednesday. Preachers do that too. We look for weird stories. We love stories. And the weirder the better. I read a story on Wednesday. You may have read it too. It's a story about a man who wanted to see the beautiful Mona Lisa at the Louvre. 
And of course, everyone knows in order to get closest to the Mona Lisa, you need to be in a wheelchair because people in a wheelchair can get a little closer than the people who are on foot. So this man, he put on a wig and he dressed up like a woman. And then he pretended that he was disabled, that he needed a wheelchair. And he got in the wheelchair and he went all the way over to the Mona Lisa. And do you know what he did when he got there? Do you, did you read? You got it. You read it. You should go to seminary too. He threw a cake, a pastry at the Mona Lisa and spread the icing all over the glass. It hit social media very, very quickly. You can Google this if you don't believe me. They asked him what was wrong because everybody thought that, guess what? They thought he was drunk and it was in the morning. They took him immediately to the psych ward too to check his mental health. When they asked him why he did it, do you remember why? Humankind is ruining the earth. He said, I've been telling everyone this message. I had to do something bizarre for someone to hear me. Is this the first time someone has hurt the Mona Lisa? No, it is not. There was another story we were reminded of this week. There was a story of another man. He went right up to the Mona Lisa and he threw something at it. And it left a little dent in the Mona Lisa that's still there. And do you remember that story? He was homeless and had been begging and begging people outside the museum for food. And when no one helped him, he thought the only way to get people's attention was to hurt the Mona Lisa. He intentionally was arrested so they could give him shelter and a hot meal. Sometimes we do really bizarre things to get people's attention. The Holy Spirit did something very, very bizarre to get people's attention. We as Christians believe that a man died, that a man rose from the dead, and then he showed up to a lot of people and talked to people after he died, only then to ascend into heaven so that the Holy Spirit could come down. That's a really, really crazy and weird story full of incredible details and nuances and trends that not everybody cares about. But for the people who do, for the people who do pay attention to it. Why in the world would we ever think that there is something wrong with being different in church? When the whole premise is that the Holy Spirit came down to a room of people who were exactly the same and intentionally made them different. The Spirit gave everyone a different language to speak and somehow someone else to understand it. 
there is room in the church. No, there's not room. The church was made to be different. It was created for it. And so we are the people that should witness to that. We are the ones to say we believe in a larger universal church where there are different religion, different interpretations of denominations in the faith, that we believe in different education, different cultures, different perspectives, different politics, different ways of life, but that together we are all the same crazy and weird and wild thing known as a church universal that started with the Holy Spirit. Arturo and I, we sat together for one of the days of conference and Arturo and I were really good Christians because we sat on the very back pew. <clears throat> so we were good church people. We were sitting on the back pew and it became time for communion. And I got nervous. You could feel some nervousness in the whole room because very quickly we learned that there were three people who would be giving the words of institution at Holy Communion. They were the three people who were sharing the liturgy. And very quickly, we learned that we were going to have responses to what they were saying. And one was in Spanish, one was in English, and one was in Korean. And there was nothing but the random foreign languages on the screens. And so the Spanish happened, and Arturo, he kind of knew that one. And the English happened, I kind of knew that one. And then Korean happened, and we were all like, ooh. Second time around... We all shared all three languages, and it was a little better. But by the third time, we repeated the words of Holy Communion in Spanish and in English and in Korean. We all sounded fluent. It took us less than a minute to take something that was different and fearful and nerve-wracking and use it in worship. I didn't know what I had to say. I didn't know what I was saying, but I believed every word of it. Chapel Roswell, you have different languages. You just don't maybe call them that. You've already participated in the language of ordination. You poured into Justin, and Justin will pour into the next. And it will continue the Christmas conference and the lineage of ordination. You have participated in the language of missionaries. In just a little bit, we are going to commission and pray over Abigail, who is trusting in God to send her to the Dominican Republic so that she can serve victims of human trafficking. And you know where all of that journey started? right here at church, through her work in youth group, through her trips in youth group, through her work as a domestic violence advocate that is now taking her to do amazing things in the name of the church. You also have participated in the language of peace. 
we support a group called Free Burma Rangers. And it is their mission to go into places of war and rebuild lives and rebuild the church. I want you to see this video. the Syrian democratic forces and these cities have been uh, controlled since four months by these forces. It's 4 February 2018 in Raqqa and this is the remains of one of the churches in Raqqa and our prayer is that it will rise again. Thanks for praying. February 2020, we're in Raqqa. This is the remains of the church that was destroyed by ISIS. And with God's help and a bunch of wonderful people, we're rebuilding it. You can see the destruction around here. And you can see the new building going up. And so we pray this gets done. In Jesus' name, amen. Like the Eubank family here and their supporters are rebuilding this church literally from the ground up. ISIS destroyed it. We will not stand for evil to overtake us in any part of the world is what this is all about. Oh, this big place. Thank you. Thank you everyone who, who they support, uh, supported the, uh, uh, the buildings of uh, the, the church for, from the beginning again. Uh, it's a great gift for us, again, to, to feel hope in Raqqa. Raqqa was the, the, the capital of, the, of ISIS in Syria and uh, Iraq. Today we are having a new, new church here. We are having a new faith by, by the support of the FBR and all the, uh, good, all the good, good, good people, let's say. I'm speechless. I'm so happy I'm crying. We thank God. And thank you, the Raqqa Civil Council, the SDF, the Armenian believers, the Arabs, the Kurds, the Christians, everyone who came together. William, who introduced us to this. Bashir, all the donors, 
thank you so much. We praise God for the dedication of the Armenian Apostolic Church here in Raqqa on 10 November 2021. God bless you all. Thanks. I will end with one quote from John Wesley from the many sermons that he wrote. And John Wesley says this, do not tear asunder the community with which you have been entrusted. Amen. We come around a table today and this is a table full of differences because this is not a United Methodist table. It's a table of our Lord. And so all who wish to receive are invited. And so I would offer these words of the great Thanksgiving. <clears throat> On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to disciples and said, take, eat. For this is my body, which is given for you. So do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup. He gave thanks to you, gave it to the disciples and said, drink from this, all of you, because this is the blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. So do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Pray with me. Holy and gracious Lord, we ask for you to pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world, the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. And so you're by your spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes at that heavenly banquet. And Lord, we ask that you come now and unify us in our differences. So create understanding and create an eagerness to explore the many varieties and may we dream dreams and see visions. And may we hear our brothers and our sisters and respond to them with empathy and with love. We pray these things now using the words, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespassed against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Because there is one loaf, we who are many are one. And because there is one cup, it is the same cup of salvation that we all drink from. At this time, I would invite our communion servers to come forward and help serve communion. I would also remind you as you come up for uh, communion, you can see there are stickers. You are more than welcome to take a sticker, put it on your water bottle, put it on your laptop, put it wherever you'd like or share it with a friend. These are our throwback Chapel Roswell stickers and we'd love for you to have them for the summer. And also as you come forward, I'd remind you there are many ways to respond. You can respond through your giving of offering using the ways to give slide um, 
That will come up here pretty soon. There are many ways to respond.